So we've been talking about James, and James is a very practical book, and sometimes it's referred to as the Proverbs of the New Testament. It's kind of like the, the New Testament book of wisdom, and, and we all need to study James from time to time. Uh, James is not a sugarcoat kind of book. To be honest with you, it's not my favorite book. It's not the book I just naturally want to go back to and study. Because James doesn't sugarcoat anything. Has, any, has anybody sugarcoated any one of these James messages for you? If they did, it was a lie. Because James, when you read the book of James, there's no sugar. Sometimes it feels like it's just salt. Right? On a wound. <laughs> you just go, golly. I mean, he doesn't even warm you up in the first sentences of chapter 1. He just comes out and says, hey, I'm James, the brother of Jesus, the servant of God. Now you need to get this straight. You just kind of go, golly, bro, take it easy. But this is a maturity series. It's designed to help us as believers mature because we all need to mature, right? If somebody next to you didn't answer, just you need to move away because they're, they're mature. So the last few weeks, we've tackled issues such as trials and temptations. We've talked about listening and doing. We've talked about prejudices. We've talked about dynamic faith. And boy, last week was a doozy, wasn't it? Taming the tongue. I mean, that, that was a heavy message. I ain't going to lie to you. And I shared a story one time when I lost it a couple years back on one of, our, one of my employees. I just lost it. You ever just lose it sometimes? I mean, I hadn't said a cuss word in probably 10 or 12 years. And this guy did something. I went to his house and I said every cuss word I've ever wanted to say for 10 or 12 years. And I'll be honest with you, just straight up, it felt good for five minutes. And then the flesh died and the, and the spirit came and said, now turn around and tell that boy you're sorry. And that you should have never done that. And I went, God. And so one of the guys at my church calls me in Eunice. He calls me up and he, he had the same experience. I went, golly, man, hope I didn't put that on you. He said, man, I told that dude everything I wanted to say. Now I feel horrible. Like, I feel you, bro. I understand. But taming the tongue, man, it's important, though, right, to tame our tongue? I'm learning how to tame my tongue with my children. <laughs> I'm learning how to turn this down a bit because I get a little too rough with my kids. You know, I want them to be perfect. So I say things to drive them to be perfect, and I'm trying to tame my tongue. So today we're going we're gonna to talk about wisdom. How many of you need wisdom? Can you just show me your hands if you need wisdom this morning? Okay, we'll pray for the rest of you. But we're talking about wisdom from above, and this is, a, this is really not a shout-me-down kind of message. I just kind of want to warn you. It's not a really a feel-good kind of message. You know, you're, not gonna, you're probably not going to walk out of here going, <laughs> Ooh, I got a word from God. You know, it's just not going to happen today. I just warn you ahead of time. James is straightforward, and James talks about wisdom. You think, well, golly, how bad can wisdom be? <laughs> you should have studied this message. So today we're going to go deep, but not confusing deep. We're going to go deep challenging, not confused. Some people say, you know what, I want to go deep, and they just get confused. But we're not going to go that kind of deep. We're just going to go challenging deep. Is that Okay. Okay, so James chapter 3 is where we're at. We're going to go from verse 13 to verse, I think it's verse 18. And I want to read that to you. I'm going to read through the whole portion of this chapter. It's the second half of the chapter. My subtitle in my Bible says, True Wisdom Comes from God. Verse 13, it says, If you are wise, if, you need to underline that, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. So James comes out and says, if you are wise and understand God's ways. So he's already challenging you in your wisdom. In other words, if you think you got wisdom, you need to prove it. <laughs> Just love it when people call you out. You, 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 you wise? Prove it. That's what he's saying. Prove it by living an honorable life and doing good works for other people. Nothing but sugar, right? Verse 14, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Huh? 
Yes, demonic. Verse 16, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind of evil. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. But those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. That's it. Five verses. And he went all over the map with that, right? He went from challenging you in your wisdom to talking about things that if, you, if you've got the earth's wisdom, you're demonic. <laughs> it's called golly. I mean, you seeing this? Please, somebody shake your head, please. I know this is not the first church of the first frozen. Right? I know Pastor Bubba don't preach to a quiet crowd. James chapter 3, let's go ahead and start in, 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 in verse 13. It says, if you're wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. He challenges us by saying, if you are wise. So let me ask you a question. Who do you think of first when you hear the word wisdom or wise? Who's the person that pops into your head? I'd be willing to bet it's probably somebody that you think is pretty smart or knows a lot, right? I'm, I'm going to quit preaching in a minute. Right? Somebody that you think of is, is probably smart. Right? Like a professor, maybe. Maybe as a, a boss or, or somebody, maybe your, your grandfather, you thought he was wise because they were smart or knowledgeable. But that, that, that's not necessarily wisdom. You follow me? Just because somebody has knowledge doesn't mean that they have wisdom. You know how I know that? Because I've seen some of the smartest people in the world make some of the dumbest decisions ever. Amen? Thank God I'm not smart. So let's look at the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is not bad, but knowledge is not enough. You can have knowledge, but not be wise. Knowledge is in the head, while wisdom is found in the heart. Come on. Knowledge is in the head. Wisdom is found in the heart. Knowledge is knowing the truth. Wisdom is knowing what to do with it. Come on. Knowledge is theoretical. Wisdom is practical. You see, wisdom is not a, something you need to be afraid of. A lot of times when I hear wise, like somebody says, oh, dude, this is a wise guy. Can I be honest with you? I get intimidated. I'm going, man, this guy's like deep. No. Wisdom is practical. Right? We need wisdom to practically live out this life that Jesus has called us to, right? But we need the right kind of wisdom. So knowledge fills your mind, wisdom guides your life. Knowledge is truthful, wisdom is useful. Knowledge provides information, wisdom provides transformation. Come on, somebody. We don't need information, we need transformation. Knowledge tells you what to believe and wisdom tells you how to behave. You can have knowledge without wisdom, but you cannot have wisdom without knowledge. There's a lot of smart people making dumb decisions today, right? You know, the Bible says that, that God uses people. He actually reaches people in the world that everybody else has kind of written off. And he does something supernatural in their life to confound or to embarrass those who in the world think they are wise. Right? That's why he can take a, a bald-headed boy like me from Franklin, Louisiana, who had to beg to get out of high school, who, who his mama financed him through three years of college that he, he missed most of his classes and failed out of college and ended up working a construction job, right? God can do something in me that would confound somebody that went all the way through school, did everything right, and think they're wise. That's how he works. So every time God uses me, every time God does something in my life, it just reminds me of how dumb I was. Right? I go, you're so good, God. You're awesome. I didn't have to be smart. I wish somebody had told me this when I was in kindergarten. I'd have dropped out right there and said, God's going to use me. Come on, somebody. 
I mean, we could have just skipped all the stuff. I mean, all the frustration I put my mama through. So number one, wisdom is practical, right? It's practical. It's simple. It's something you don't need to be afraid of. You don't need to be intimidated by wisdom. Wisdom is practical. Wisdom shows you what you're supposed to learn. Wisdom shows you how you're going to persevere through trials. Wisdom shows you that you're going to become more like Jesus, right? Wisdom tells you that, you know what, if I continue to follow Jesus, if I continue to spend time with Jesus, I'm going to inevitably become more like Jesus, right? You know how I know that's true? Because my my son's going to go back to school in about six weeks, and he's going to go hang out with all of his friends that he hung out with last year, right? So when he gets around these friends, he starts laughing different. It's this goofy little feminine kind of laugh. And can I tell you, as an over-masculine man, it bugs me. Okay, so I know when he hangs around the boy that laughs like a girl. Because he spends time with it, so he comes home with this little hee-hee-hee, or whatever it is, and goes, stop laughing like that. But we're the same way. We act like the people we hang out with, right? So if you want to be wise, you need to hang out with Jesus. If you want to be like Jesus, you need to hang out with Jesus. Or hang out with his people. Amen? So wisdom is practical. It doesn't do you any good to read a book on nutrition if you're not going to change your diet. That's why I didn't read those books. I'm like, I ain't changing nothing. Y'all crazy. I always thought I ain't changing nothing until the doctor tells me I have to. The insurance people got to me first. It's no good to read a book on financial planning if you don't plan to make a budget. Right? It's not wise. Why waste your time? If you don't want to change, don't change. Just enjoy where you're at. A lot of people talk about self-help these days. And I want to show you the difference between self-help and God's help. Self-help comes from knowledge, while God's help comes from wisdom. Right? So I can get enough knowledge to self-help myself. Come on. And, and be proud of what I've accomplished, which will probably end up failing. Or I can get some wisdom from God and get God's help and be victorious and have success. Amen? There's a difference. Too many self-help things out there today. Number two, wisdom is shown by your life. Wisdom is shown by your life. People that know what wisdom is knows if, knows if you're wise or not. It shows up in your life. Many people come to, believe that, come to believe that to be a Christian is just to believe it. <laughs> That's been preached in a lot of churches that all you got to do is believe it. Just believe. It's not necessarily true. Because when I read the Bible, the Bible tells me, yeah, you, you first need to believe it, but then you need to live it. Now, I'm not talking about salvation due to works. Okay, I'm talking about salvation due to believing works being the results of your salvation. Amen. I mean, dear goodness, you just met the the God of the universe. Something ought to change, right? But wisdom always shows itself in your life. You need to be better today than the day that you met Jesus. Right? Something needs to constantly be changing in your life. As you go on and you walk this life out with Jesus. Let me give you a tip. It should be getting better. Come on. I know this much. The more I'm open and transparent, the more that I have good, healthy relationships with me where I give people refrigerator rights. You know what that is? You give people the right to walk in your house and open up your fridge. We had a little boy that used to come to our house, and it it burned me up because I never gave him the right to the pantry. But he'd walk in the house, and the first thing he was, his brother had no home training. He'd walk in my house and open up the pantry door and look. Now, you know I got an issue with that. That's my pantry. You might get my lad's fudge round. I mean, seriously, I got to fight my kids already. I mean, if I don't give you pantry rights, you don't get them. You need to get that in the form of a card. If you don't have a card, don't open my refrigerator. 
But that's where it comes from. You got to give some people some right to speak some truth into your life. Because why? Because we're all blind, right? I don't see how I act a lot of times. Let me rephrase it. I don't see how I act most of the time. I don't know when I offend somebody. I don't know when I've been stubborn. I don't know when I've been hard-headed or unruly. Now, thank God he gave me a wife who's not shy. (laughs) Right? They say people that love you tell you the truth. My wife loves me. (laughs) She loves I put a shirt on. She said, "Uh uh-uh. You ain't leaving the house with that, Jack. If I shave my goatee too short, uh uh-uh. Nobody. But wisdom is practical. Wisdom is shown by your life. Watch what James says in verse 14. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. He's saying if you find these things in your heart, if you find bitterly jealous, if you find selfish ambition inside of you today, he's saying don't cover that up because when you cover that up, you keep it. Amen? That means you continue to be bitterly jealous and you continue to be selfish with ambition when you cover it up because it's almost like your kids when they go, mine, mine. Right? You want to keep your jealousy and your bitterness. You want to keep your selfishness and your, and your ambition. You want to keep those things, right? Because you keep them covered. He says, don't cover it by lying. He's saying it's not a head issue, it's a heart issue. We learned last week that you don't have a gossiping tongue, you've got a gossiping heart. Right? You don't have a gossip, you don't have a jealousy tongue, you have a jealous heart. Out of the mouth overflows what's inside the heart. What comes up in the bucket was was what was down in the well. Right? So wisdom shows itself by your life. James verse 15 to 16 says, For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For whoever, or for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition... There you will find disorder in every kind of evil in that place. So I want to take a time out. I want you to think right now about your life. Not your life here, because everybody looks good in church, right? It's kind of like everybody's good online. Everybody looks pretty online. Everything's good online, right? You got a Facebook life and then you got reality life, right? I want you to think about that home life. Right now, think about how life is at home. Is there disorder? Is there different kinds of evil things going on? Let's just get open and honest and real. Think about that. Think about your home life. Get real with yourself. I particularly want you to think about your relationships. You've heard us say many times that the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your relationships. You've got good relationships, chances are you've got a good quality of life. You've got some bad relationships out there that you've not taken care of, then chances are you've got some issues with your quality of life. Make sense? Good. Four of you like that. Wisdom always shows up in our relationships, doesn't it? Heard a story the other day, three guys... Uh, three buddies, one of them comes up and says, hey, man, they got this conference in, coming to town next week. He said, it's a, it's a lineup conference. Another one's went, man, what you mean a line? He said, man, it's a conference for men where you go and they teach you how to line your wife up. <laughs> so the other two guys are like, hey, bro, I could use some of that. Sign me up. So, man, they go to the, the lineup conference, right? Spend two days there getting all this wisdom on how to line your wife up and and so after the conference was over with, they, they were having coffee. And they said, hey, bro, look, let's go home and practice this for a week. And then we'll get back together and talk about how it's going. We'll, we'll kind of give each other some tips on what we can do to make this thing better. Because them women need to line up. You know, so they all left. Yeah, them women need to line up. So a week later, they all meet together at the coffee shop. And the first guy goes, man, gosh, y'all ain't going to believe what happened. He says, man, I went home. I walked in the door. I didn't even give her a chance to breathe. I walked in the door. I said, I said, baby, things are about to change around here. And he said, I didn't see results, but by the third day, I started to see results. They're like, wow. And the second guy goes, man, man, that was the same thing that happened to me. I walked in the house. I said, baby, things are about to change around here. 
And he said, after a couple of days, I started to see some results. And the third guy goes, man, I went in the house just like y'all did. I said, I said woman, things are going to change. He said, I didn't see nothing the first day. I didn't see nothing the second day. But by the third day, I could see a little bit out of my left eye. Wisdom shows up in relationships, amen. If your buddy invites you to a lineup conference, don't go. It's not wise. I learned a long time ago, Jesus is going to line up. <laughs> and don't go home and try that neither. Five, don't do that. Come home with a black eye. Can't see for three days. But wisdom shows up in relationships, doesn't it? It shows up. How are you handling your relationships? If you're wise, you're nurturing and taking care of those relationships. For some of us, that's what it's like at home. There's a lot of disorder and a lot of chaos. And I want you to understand something. We're all in the same hospital today. Right? I'm, I'm not preaching to you from a place of perfection. I'm, I'm in the, I got my own room in the hospital. You with me? So I don't want you to take this as I'm trying to beat you up and I'm trying to say you need to get like me. Don't get like me. Some of you better than me. Right? But we're all in the same hospital. And more and more today than any other time in history, we need to be people that walk in wisdom. We need to be wise. Because you know what the world's doing today? The world's poking its chest out. It's got its head raised real high and it's saying, hey, look at me. I just legalized drugs. I just got some churches to tolerate homosexuality in the pulpit. I just got people to start conforming to my way. That's what the world is saying to us today. You, you don't believe me? Watch the news. Right? Kids have no home training. None. They're raising themselves, them poor little babies. Right? Today, more than any other time in history, we need to be people that stand on something. That we stand on some principles. That we stand and we go against the grain. Because there's too many churches out there conforming to the earthly wisdom that is being given. We need to tolerate. Jesus never told me to tolerate. Jesus told me to love. And I don't care who you are. You're homosexual. You're, you're whatever you are. I don't care what you are. I'm going to love you. Right? But you ain't going to come be homosexual with me. I'm just being real. I'm not going to tolerate that. Amen? You're not going to watch my kids. That's a standard. Right? You're struggling with drugs? They're not sleeping at your house. God's given me wisdom. Today more than ever, it's crazy out there. Proverbs 14, 12 says this, that there is a path before each person that seems right but ends in death. It seems right. Can I tell you, before I met Jesus, everything I did seemed right. And if you told me it was wrong, I'd argue with you until I was blue in the face. This is right. So let me give you three things about earthly wisdom. Number one, it's worldly. Earthly wisdom is worldly. It, this kind of wisdom starts to believe that the world is right. And quite honestly, we're starting to let the world influence us too much. Anybody else like me, you're just about to shut TV off? I mean, I'm not trying to come here with no religious thing. I'm just like, you can't even, you can't even watch Discovery. And a commercial come on, and it's like, what? Yeah, I, I, you can't let your kids watch TV without you being there. Right? I mean, it's a crazy world, man. We got we to start setting some boundaries. We got to start making a stand. I'm not talking about being religious and telling people they're saved when they quit watching TV. I'm talking about set a standard in your own house and live that thing out. Protect you and your family. Come on, somebody. You got to set some standards. You got to set some boundaries. The world's not living with any boundaries. Let me tell you something. What a little bit of boundary America had is slipping away. 
People are getting buck wild. So we used to call it back when we used to party. If somebody just got buck, they was buck wild. I mean, they had no control. We need to be careful how much of the world you're letting in. Guard yourselves from its influence. Because here's the thing. The more you're around it, the more you start to believe it. Right? You know, the Bible says that the world is under the sway of the evil one. That's what it says in 1 John. So, so just do this with me. Just kind of follow me. Everybody around, just lift your hands real quick. It's going to wake you up too. Okay, just everybody, just, no, don't get ahead of me. Let's just sway. So, some of you ain't got no soul. You need, a little, you need a little soul this morning, okay? But see, this is what the world is like. Okay, so Satan is setting the standard for the sway, right? And the world is just going, hey, this feels good. Used to be a song, hey, oh, hey, oh. We used to do that in the clubs. You look goofy, by the way. Just want you to know that, a bunch of suckers. Y'all were under the sway of the ball-headed one. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But we got to get out of that sway. Come on, man. We're believers. We met Jesus. We know God. Come on. We were saved. We need to be different. There needs to be a, a distinction. People ought to be able to tell the difference between you and the world. Right? 1 Corinthians says this in, in chapter 1, verse 20. It says, so where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Come on. God makes the wisdom of this world look foolish. And here's the thing. As pastors, we don't want that to show up in your life. We don't want you to look foolish. This is a message of, look, I want you to get it right. I want you to get in line. I want you to have some godly wisdom because you're going to need it. I don't want you to be exposed one day as, as a believer, so said, living with earthly wisdom because the two can't go together. Amen? So number one, it's worldly. Number two, it's sensual. My daughter asked me, Daddy, what's sensual? I said, if it feels good, that's sensual. If it feels good. The wisdom of this age says if it feels good, just do it. Right? If it feels good. That's why we're over-medicated because doctors are spending more time trying to make you feel good than to give you a little bit of healing in your life. Come on, they want to cover up the pain with some kind of pill that's going to make it all go away. And it's something that you end up getting addicted to and it ends up wrecking the course of your life if you're not careful. Right? The, the wisdom of this world says if it feels good, just do it. Don't worry about nothing. Just do it. Back in my day, we used to have to chase girls. Today, the girls are chasing the boys. And I'm going, thank God I didn't grow up in this age. I'd have been in trouble. And believe it or not, I was fast at one time. But it's sensual. It lives by its feelings. Like you can trust your feelings, right? Come on. You know what happens when you, when you follow your feelings? Where do you end up? In trouble. Trouble always follows my feelings. When I feel sorry for myself, I feel like a bowl of bluebell. Seriously, you can tell, right? I feel sorry for myself a lot. And the only solution is to quit buying Bluebell. But you know what? It's at the stores. And they got this thing called Candyland. Woo, nothing. My pants, my pants are saying, woo, bruh, you got to, you got to loosen up. We can't live by our feelings. We got to live by principles. Amen. We got to set some standards. Got to have some principles. Where you find those principles? You find those principles in God's Word. Amen. Come on. This is where you, you need to be living according to this, not this. Right. right? This tells you if your wife don't treat you right enough, you can go get it somewhere else. That's what this tells you. Come on. This tells you if you ain't satisfied with your kids, you can just let them be. That's what this tells you. This tells you if, if somebody's not giving you enough love and affection, you go find it somewhere else. But you know what this says? This says when you say I do in front of Jesus, it's a covenant. 
never to be broken. Come on, it doesn't matter what you feel like. If Jesus lived according to his feelings, none of us would be saved. Amen? Because I'm sorry to tell you, but in the garden, he expressed his feelings to God so much that he was sweating blood. Now, you don't need to be according to feelings. You don't need to be like I was raised. I was raised that you, you, feelings were a bad thing and that you, you, you got to just take your feelings and just squash them. Anybody was taught like that? And you suck it up. And when you're crying, it's like, suck it up. And you try, and you, right? Five minutes later, you get that. Anybody ever do that? I think it's kind of funny now when my boy does that. <laughs> but I was taught just to suck it up, put your feelings to the side. Let me tell you something about your feelings. They're real. They're not made to be pushed to the side. They're made to be brought to the Father. You bring them to God and you tell God how you feel. And then you get his perspective on your feelings. Right? And then you deal with your feelings. The reason so many people are addicted to drugs today is because they're trying to get rid of the feelings. Right? They're trying to just take a break from the feelings. I don't want to feel anymore. I'm going to pop this pill. I'm going to do this thing because I don't want to feel anymore. When it's very simple that if you just take those feelings and just bring them to the Father and just cry out to him. I mean, listen, he's a real God. You can have a real conversation with him. Can I, I've hollered at God. I told God I was mad at him. And you know what? About 15 minutes later, I was in love with him again. Amen? But it's a real relationship where I express my feelings to him. So if I'm feeling sorry for myself, I need to go get before the Father before I get before the tub of Bluebell. Come on, somebody. I just need to get that right. We live by principles. Titus 3, 3 to 5 says this. Once you too were foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we, we hated each other. But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. Hopefully you're not like you were before you met Jesus. And just let me say this. You can slip back there. Come on, you can slip back. What do we call backslide, right? I backslid for a period in my life where I went back to everything that Jamie wanted to do. I had enough of Jamie after a couple of years. Number three, worldly wisdom is demonic. Well, that's a hard statement, huh? It's demonic. That's pretty strong. And some of you may be thinking, well, well, well you, you saying that I'm living or thinking demonic? Yeah. That's what I said. Couldn't, I've been sweating all morning trying to figure out how to sugarcoat that. There just ain't no way to sugarcoat it. I mean, James says it. He says if you got bitterness and jealousy and envy and selfishness, you're demonic. You can say it's demonic, however, whatever, make, whatever feels better to you, but it's the truth. John chapter 8 says this from the Amplified Version of the Bible. It says, you are of your father, the devil, and it is your will to practice the lust and gratify the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks of falsehood, he speaks what is natural to him. For he is a liar and the father of lies, and all of that is false. You don't have to live that way anymore. That's what we talked about this morning with the freedom. You don't have to live according to him anymore. You don't have to follow that anymore. Amen? There's a better life laid out in front of you. You just got to walk into it. Come on. Proverbs 4, 7 says that wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. So what's supreme? Wisdom. What kind of wisdom? Godly wisdom. Let me tell you the difference between godly wisdom and earthly wisdom. Earthly wisdom, everybody says you're doing the right thing. A lot of times when you use godly wisdom, people look at you and tell you you're crazy. Come on. Me and Denny know about that. Went to the banker one time. He said, he said y'all crazy. 
I was like, we're doing the right thing. <laughs> Must be God's wisdom. So let's talk about godly wisdom for a second, and we're going to wrap this up. You getting something yet? Come on, you having a good time yet? I just called you demonic. You still love me? All right. I was kind of worried about that. Let's talk about godly wisdom. Number one, godly wisdom springs up from godly principles. It's kind of hard to live like the devil and use God's wisdom. Amen? It's kind of hard to be all up in this world and then be using God's wisdom. Godly wisdom springs up from godly principles. It doesn't matter which direction the world goes. What matters is which direction God goes. Amen? Because you see, if you're a believer, you're a follower of Christ. I mean, you follow his ways. And let me say something this morning, that there should be some, some conflict in your life. There should be some kind of crossroads in your life where you've got to choose which road to take. That needs to be happening in your life. If that's not happening, chances are you're on the wrong road. Right? You know what that looks like? That looks like when you're following Christ, and here comes a temptation, or here comes something that the enemy comes across with, there should be an intersecting conflict going on in your life. You should be put in a place where you got to make a godly decision. Right? Where you have to use godly wisdom. Why would God say you need his wisdom if you're not going to have to use it? Right? There's, there's always a conflict and an intersection with this world that you got to make a decision. If you're a man, you may be staying in a hotel room and you're tempted to look at something on the TV. You may need to, to, to throw the batteries in the toilet to the remote control and unplug it something, but there needs to be a crossroad. Right? Maybe you're tempted to gossip about somebody in a negative way. There needs to be a crossroad where you use God's wisdom. And you say, because God's wisdom springs up out of godly principles, right? The only way you know what's wrong is by knowing what's right, right? So if, if you don't read this, you're making it tough. Can I just be honest with you? Because this is what gets you through the, the intersection of temptation and keeps you on the path. You've got to know what, what the plumb line is, somebody. Come on. You've got to know what the truth is so that you can know what the lie is. Because who's the devil? He's the father of lies. Well, who's Jesus? He's the father of truth. Right? And that's why he wrote a book for us that is going to outstand and outlast any generation. Right? So godly wisdom springs up out of godly principles. You set some principles in your life, godly principles, wisdom's going to come from that. 1 John 3, 3 says this, says, All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. We're talking about godly principles. Pure doesn't mean perfect. That should have just freed somebody up. Pure doesn't mean perfect. Pure means you need to have some integrity. You know what integrity is? Integrity is who you are when nobody else is looking. Yep. Integrity is, is, is who you are when nobody else is around. Right? I remember being a kid. I mean, my, my bluebell issue started as a kid. I remember being a kid, and I would wait till everybody left the house, and I would attack the bluebell bucket or the cereal bucket. I mean, I used to eat cereal out of a mixing bowl. But I would do it when nobody else was watching. So if you're doing something in your life right now that you've got to hide, you need to let it go. Come on, you got a relationship cooking on Facebook that you can't let your wife see about? You need to delete. Come on. If you've got to hide it, it's not right. Adam and Eve had to hide. But we're talking about purity, godly principles. We got to buy into the truth. We got to know that this is the word of God, and I'm going to build my life on top of this right here. I'm not going to build it on what the world says. I'm going to build it on what God says. You got to make a stand. You got to know that this is the absolute truth, and this has your best interests in mind. 
Come on, somebody. It has your best interests in mind. It's not here to hurt you, and it's actually not here to withhold anything from you. It's here to actually help you receive the goodness of God. It's here that you learn you can have an abundant life. It's also here that you learn how to receive that abundant life. Amen? It's not something to tell you what not to do, because I promise you it tells you more of what you can do than more of what you're not to do. Proverbs 10.9 says that whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. So godly wisdom, number one, springs up from godly principles. Number two, godly wisdom acts with godly motives. This might frustrate you a little bit because it's not natural to us to act like God, right? I mean, how many of you wake up in the morning and just, you just want to be godly? Come on, especially before your coffee. Anybody? You just, you just want to be God. You just want to love everybody, right? That's not natural. The Bible's calling us to live out this new life and stop the disorder and evil practices. It's time to stop acting like people that never met God. Philippians says this in chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. It says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ... If any comfort from his love, if, anyone com- if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. What? Value others above yourself, not looking out for your own interests, but to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Well, that's a mouthful, right? So let me give you a couple qualities of wisdom. Wisdom is peace-loving, right? Wisdom is peace. Godly wisdom is peace-loving. That's a quality of godly wisdom, right? Maybe you're here and you're one of those people that know how to push people's buttons. Anybody sitting next to somebody like that? Raise your hand. I mean, you're sitting next to the person that knows how to push somebody's button, right? I mean, you can get them... I heard a story the other day, this guy and his wife was driving, and he knew how to push all of her buttons. So they're driving down this old country road, and they pass up this farm, and there's a couple pigs and some goats. And he kind of looks at it and goes, relatives of yours? And she just looks real sweetly back at him. She said, yeah, in-laws. <laughs> we need to be peace-loving people, not, not stirring people up for the wrong thing, right? Peace-loving, not peace-disturbing. Another quality of wisdom is, is considerate. Someone who doesn't look out for his own interests first, but the interests of others. It's being considerate. It's, it's considering what somebody else may be walking through. Anybody get cut off in traffic this week? Anybody run into somebody or a bad, a bad register person this week? Anybody ever do that? Maybe it was an old couple in the grocery store that took forever to get down aisle two, which you needed to get to the other end of aisle two, but they were walking too slow. Did you ever stop to consider that the person that cut you off may be a single mom that's trying to get to her daughter who's at daycare, who's going to get charged extra money if she's not there on time? Did you ever stop to consider that the person that couldn't make correct change was actually a college student struggling with their final exam and was just having a bad day? Did you ever stop to consider that the old couple that was walking down the grocery line or down the aisle in the grocery store real slow had just left the doctor's office and got a report that this would probably be the last time they walked down this aisle together? That's what considerate means, that you consider others. You see, I'm like a bull. I run over people all the time. I'm trying to be more considerate. Another quality is submissive, willing to yield to others, willing to listen first. Come on, that flows naturally, doesn't Full of mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment every time. Give mercy. James taught us this in chapter 1. If you give mercy, you'll receive mercy. So if you want mercy, give it. If you don't want mercy, don't give it. You ain't going to get it. Right? impartial and sincere and sincere this means being real not fake that's what i love about this church there's no fake people around here right i mean you got preachers that get up and they tell you about their family 
They tell you about their struggles. We try to be real and sincere. Number three, godly wisdom is intent on serving godly purposes. It's called peacemakers. That's people who are bent on bringing peace to this crazy world. That's our job. You know, when we, we talked about this last week or the week before, that when you walk into a room, you should change the atmosphere of that room. Right? Your attitude, your, your, your uh, perspective, your, your language, your voice, your tone of voice, your facial expressions, you should walk in to a hostile environment and be able to bring peace because you've got that kind of power to do that. Amen? It's peacemakers. He's called us to be peacemakers. Look at what Matthew 5, 9 says. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Verse 16 in that same chapter says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. How do you bring glory to God? By walking in wisdom. Right? Sometimes wisdom says no when everybody else is saying yes, right? And sometimes wisdom say yes, says yes when everybody else is saying no. When everybody else is saying, I ain't helping that bum, and you say, yeah, I'm going to help him. You're letting your light shine before him, and you're bringing glory to your father. So how do we get wisdom? Last one. Good question. James 1.5 tells us to ask, and it will be given to you. You see how simple that is? It's not go cram your head in this book and meditate on it 24-7. That's not how you get wisdom. That's how you get knowledge. Come on. You want wisdom? The Bible says ask, and it will be given to you. But here's the secret. James said you got to ask, but then you got to believe that you're going to receive it. You know what that means? That means that when you get into an opportunity where you got to use wisdom, you got to believe that you got it. The opposite is when you get into a situation where you got to use wisdom, you go, I ain't got no wisdom. I'm just going to do what feels good. Right? James says, You ask for wisdom, he's going to give it to you. You just got to believe that you got it. Right? He wants you to be wise. With godly wisdom, not earthly wisdom. So just look at what the world's doing and do the opposite. That's wisdom. <laughs> Don't do what the world's doing. That's wise, right? Knowledge comes from education. Wisdom comes from God. Can you stand up with me this morning? Worship team can come back up. I want to read one last verse. You can stand up with me, please. Yep, I don't hear nobody whistling. It's a tough message to preach. Can I be honest with you? Can I tell you it was a tough message to study? I get to preach to myself before I ever get to preach to you for a week. Get you some of that. How many of you like to hear this message for a week? But here's the truth is that we all need God's wisdom. Because I've, I've listened to my own wisdom and to the world's wisdom too long. And it's got me in too many places I didn't want to be. It's time for me to start listening to God's wisdom. To ask him for his wisdom and to live my life with it. Amen? I want to read this verse and I'm going to pray for you. Colossians 2, 2 to 3, it says this. It says, my goal is that they, they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. So that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. In order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So where's wisdom and knowledge hidden? In Christ. The wisest decision I ever made in my life was to give my life to Jesus. Amen? The wisest decision I make every day is to get closer to God. 
That's the wisest thing I can do is to get closer to God. You hear us say all the time, it's not about religion, it's about relationship. It's not about the do's and don'ts, it's about the relationship. Amen? Ask him for wisdom and he'll give it to you. Just believe that you get it when you ask for it. Lift your hands towards heaven this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you for James, Lord. I thank you that he don't sugarcoat it, Lord. I thank you that it it hurts when he says it. But, Lord, I know that it's only going to bring healing. It's only going to bring me to a better place. It's only going to get me further down the road, Lord. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for giving us wisdom as we ask for it, Lord. Wisdom to guide us. Wisdom to lead us. Wisdom to help us make the right decisions. Wisdom to be... To be, to be good in relationships, Lord. Wisdom to be healthy in our marriage. Wisdom to be just wise in this world. Wisdom that stands against this world, Lord. Thank you for your wisdom. Lord, I pray for everybody here this morning that, Lord, we're walking away. That this world says, man, where are you going? You're going upstream. Everybody else is going downstream. What's wrong with you? I pray for conflict, Lord. And I pray for wisdom to be there in that conflict. I pray that, Father, when temptation comes, we'll use your wisdom. When a crossroad comes, we'll use your wisdom. Help us to walk in your wisdom. Help us to say no when we need to say no and yes when we need to say yes. And, Lord, thank you that you are there with us the whole time never leaving us, never forsaking us, never letting us walk by ourselves. You're always there, Lord, helping us. Thank you for your spirit who's there to guide us, to lead us into all truth. Help us to be students of your word, Lord. I thank you for every family represented here today. I just bless your holy and your righteous name. Thank you for this great day. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord a big hand clap this morning?